This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now, your News Talk host, Linda Swain. Hot, 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 Claudette. Oh, yes. Hot enough for you out there. (laughs) What's the temperature out there now? It is uh, roughly around 27 degrees, feeling like in the mid-30s. Yeah, every bit of it. Somebody just uh, texted us and said, it is so hot, my garlic is shedding its cloves. (laughs) Well, now. Imagine that, if you will. Uh, Yeah, it's pretty hot. Uh, In some areas of the province, Richard Duggan just came back from Argentia, and uh, he had the AC on, he told me, and he pulled down his window uh, when he was going to his assignment to uh, get through the gates of this particular place, and as soon as he pulled down his window, he realized, oh, I wasn't dressed for this. Fog in 17. Oh. In Argentia, would you believe? 16, 17 degrees. Yeah, so bitterly cold compared to mid-30s with the Humidex. So there you go. Not everywhere. Uh, Go south if you want to get a bit of... (laughs) Cool temperatures. Can you imagine? Yesterday, we had the hot, hottest temperature in Canada in Deer, Deer Lake. Lake. Uh, just imagine now, we don't normally see this kind of thing. And um, so I was wondering, you know, have we gotten any records on the go? How hot is it? Well, meteorologist David Neal of the Gander Weather Office joins me now. Well, David Neal, it is hot, hot, hot out there right now. Did we reach some of those forecasted uh, temperatures that you were expecting? Uh, in a few areas uh, we have. So uh, out here uh, in Gander right now, actually, we're, we're just a shade under uh, 31 degrees. So we're getting close to the uh, that forecast high of 32. Uh, in the St. John's area so far, haven't quite got there yet. Um, but uh, we did uh, get close to 27 there earlier. Kind of hovered in around 26 as it stands right now. But, of course, still got a uh, uh, couple hours left to go here for the afternoon. Uh, Generally, looking uh, humidex uh, values in the in the mid to high 30s. A couple of areas humidex around 39. Uh, so yeah, it's another another warm and and sticky one today. Humidex at 39. I mean, are, are, have we reached any records? Uh, no, in terms of uh, uh, Humidex records, we don't have uh, much to go back on with that, but uh, we did uh, have a, a few hours there uh, yesterday here in Gander, actually, where we had a Humidex right at 40. So uh, that's, uh, that's getting pretty, uh, pretty warm and, uh, and, and humid at that point, that's for sure. So what contributes to humidity? Uh, so really, it's just kind of the, where that air mass is coming from. So if to, obviously, it's a lot of uh, a lot of moisture in the air. Uh, then you get that uh, that feeling uh, of uh, where it feels warmer than it is. And basically, that's that's kind of what the the humid exit uh, is trying to put into context. Is when you do have those uh, really uh, humid air masses, um, the ability for the body when when the body perspires, the ability for that to evaporate away doesn't uh, isn't quite there when you get those really uh, humid conditions so that's where you get that uh, what we call the humidex which is kind of what 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 it feels like uh, outside uh, it's not necess- it's not a strict it's not a temperature reading but it gives you a, a sense of what uh, what it feels like uh, outside at a given time 
So what's it going to feel like now uh, over the next couple of days? Uh, well, in terms of the heat warnings, it does look like uh, at least for uh, the kind of central and northeastern uh, region, it looks like we are uh, our daytime high temperatures are going to dip a little bit over the next uh, over the next day or so. Um, uh, basically, we got some uh, an area of cloud and a few uh, a few showers moving in, so that should help to uh, to kind of mitigate and to 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 bring those uh, uh, bring those daytime highs down just a little bit. Uh, doesn't quite get to uh, the St. John's Northern Avalon area. Uh, we do have some cloud moving in, but it looks like it'll break out, uh, mix sun and cloud again uh, through the day tomorrow. Uh, so still looking at uh, daytime highs, likely into the into the high 20s uh, with those uh, higher humid values again tomorrow. So really looking for for. A, a, for the central and northeastern areas, it looks like we should get uh, at least a little relief uh, st- uh, starting tomorrow. St. John's Metro and Northern Avalon may take another day. Now, with that said, uh, those, those daytime highs they will they will come down a little bit, uh, but we're still looking at uh, highs in the in the mid 20s and and even possibly throughout uh, uh, late week and into the weekend, possibly still getting to towards the high 20s still. Uh, so even though there will be some relief, it's still going to be uh, quite warm for the next little while. Would this be considered a heat wave? Uh, yes, at this stage, it's uh, basically it's been a prolonged period now. Uh, uh, here in Gander, for example, we've hit uh, we had a couple of days where we hit uh, uh, th- um, uh, 30, a little over 31 degrees, and today we're hovering around 31 again. So, uh, yeah, we've seen this uh, this prolonged period of really warm, uh, really warm temperatures. So uh, right now, yeah, I'd say we're in the midst of uh, midst of one now, and uh, hopefully over the next few days, I think that'll uh, uh, that'll regulate uh, a little bit. And, of course, it's not uh, hot everywhere. My colleague uh, Richard Duggan just came back from a news conference in Argentia where he said it was fogging about 16 or 17 degrees. He was froze. Yeah, so usually when we get these uh these these heat events usually it's it's uh we get this prolonged uh warm southwesterly uh south to southwesterly flow um but of course anywhere along the south coast or the west coast of the island anywhere where that wind is blowing on shore uh the the wind off the water that's going to help uh, uh regulate those temperatures a bit and actually going to be uh, be quite cool in those areas yeah just looking at the uh, uh yeah last observation from Argentia around uh, just uh, 17 and a half degrees, so certainly uh, a stark contrast to what we're seeing in, say, St. John's, for example, which is around, hovering around 26, and then, of course, here in Gander, we're around 31. So uh, definitely a very uh, sharp difference there, uh, depending on uh, your proximity to the water and if that wind's coming off the water. So um, what about the longer term now? Can we expect to see continued? Because, I mean, June was a write-off. Um, can we expect to see continued summery type weather? Uh, well, what we're looking at right now, uh, do, we do see uh, a likely another uh, system that's going to come in. Uh, we are going to we are going to have some uh, some showery conditions uh, really over the next couple of days, mainly across uh, across western and, and central regions. But we'll see a few showers get towards the east, uh, not not too too much in amounts over the over the east coast, but uh, yeah, one one little band area of showers over the next couple of days, and then it does kind of remain fairly showery. Uh, off and on for uh, really into the weekend over over uh, quite a few areas of the island and uh, looking at another system right now for uh, this kind of the Saturday Sunday time frame could bring in some uh, a little bit of heavier rain in, 
into uh, parts of, uh, particularly parts of southwestern Newfoundland, uh, and that may also extend to parts of the west coast and up to uh, up to the Labrador side of the Strait uh, later Saturday into Sunday. So, temp- uh, looking at temperature uh, temperatures. Generally, still looking at uh, temperatures into uh, into the mid uh, mid to high 20s over over uh, uh, a lot of areas, but that'll be kind of up and down over the next uh, the next few days. Um, but certainly, as we get to more to the weekend into the early part of next week, not not seeing not seeing necessarily temperatures getting back to that 30 31 uh, area, but certainly some mid to high 20s still uh, still to come. So uh, certainly, we're we're into into July and seems like uh, we're going to keep uh, uh, keep some of those warm temperatures going uh, for for uh, for a while yet. David Neal Gander Weather Office Environment Canada really appreciate this. Stay cool. All right, thank you. You too. And there you are. Coming up after the break, we're going to hear how to stay safe in these hot temperatures, especially if you're working and working outside. This is News Talk on VOCM. Stay informed and have your say on the news of the day with your VOCM. Join Linda Swain weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 p.m. for an hour of talk and discussion with decision makers and listeners like you. News Talk on your VOCM. Claudette, you and I are lucky in a lot of ways uh, because uh, our workplace happens to be air conditioned. Hence why I'm actually wearing a sweater. sweater. Jolene Grimes was in today with a sweater uh, on complaining about the heat. I said, Jolene! (laughs) (laughs) She said, yeah, but when Noah comes, there she is, there she is, showing me her sweater. Fanning, fanning herself. She said, when Noah comes in, he puts the air conditioning on bust. Oh. Noah likes it like, so you see your yeah, breath. you need to scrape the ice <laughs> off. <laughs> but we're lucky in a lot of ways because we don't have to endure a hot, uh, steamy kind of place. Mm-hmm. Of we're not work. working outside. Um, imagine now those who work in a restaurant, for instance, mm-hmm. in the kitchen. I can't. Oh. Over slaving over a hot stove. Imagine. Um, or... I don't know any any one of a number of uh, working on a on a roof. Yep. Uh, in with the sun beating Laborers, down on you. Laborers, carpenters. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of those kinds of professions, or uh, in a laundry. You know, like um, uh, Eastern Health has a laundry. You know. Oh, laund- uh, a central kind of, laundry. Yeah, central laundry. Just imagine now what those kinds of conditions must be like, um, and trying to deal with that with the heat. Now, if you work in those kinds of conditions, you're used to the heat. But still, you need a break, especially when the air around you is mm-hmm. so humid. And, you know, as uh, David Neal says, you can't wick it away, if you know what I mean, because the humidity level is so high that the sweat that you are is coming out of your pores is meant to cool you off, but it's not evaporating, so it's not helping. Exactly. It's yeah. like you're being swimming in a big pool of yourself. And, and also, like the infrastructure, a lot of people working in older buildings or mm-hmm. don't have the uh, the stuff that they need to keep themselves cool. Precisely. And I mean, uh, I've been in a few buildings that don't have that kind of ventilation. You can't even open the windows in some cases, you know. And mm-hmm. then you see people with these little, you know, fans on their desk or something. I'm like, <gasps> you know. Yeah. <laughs> and my dear, I hate to be you today, you know. And <laughs> it doesn't help when you say things like that people <laughs> you're liable to get a punch in the yeah. face but um it it's 
it's a it's a serious uh, situation. And Workplace NL now is offering a few tips on uh, precautions to take when working in the heat. Jane Eustace is the manager of prevention services with Workplace NL, and she joins me now. Well, hello, Jane. Hi. Are you keeping cool? I'm certainly trying my best. <laughs> Good. We all are, aren't we? But some people don't have that luxury when they're working. Some people are working in, you know, in the outdoors or um, in other areas where it's kind of harder to keep cool. Um, and Workplace NL now putting out this advisory for things to watch out for. So who's who's at greatest risk, I suppose, of, of um, heat stress when it comes to uh, working conditions? So there's two groups of workers we are most concerned about. Um, That would be people that are working outside and people that are working in buildings that do not have um, adequate air conditioning or ventilation. So outside is one thing is, uh, I mean, and we can think of a lot of things, construction, uh, road work, uh, uh, you know, other things. Are there are some areas a little more tricky than others? Well, with outdoor work, um, the physical demand of of the activities that you're doing is going to have an impact, uh, as well the type of clothing that you're wearing. So if you're doing something that's really physically demanding and you're sweating a lot, um, you may potentially have higher risk. Um, And if you're wearing heavy clothes, um, again, similarly, you may may be at a slightly higher risk than other people that are working outside. Um, Certainly working on rooftops and and on our, our roads can be a little bit extra hot as well because you're working on a a dark surface that tends to capture the heat and hold on to it. Um, So there's certainly some occupations that would have slightly, slightly higher risk. And less of an opportunity to get in out of it, if you know what I'm saying. If you're up on a roof or if you're on a busy road construction site, it's a little harder to, to get away from that for a few minutes. Absolutely. And one of the controls that we typically use for for managing heat is taking rest breaks. Um, It's just not always practical to use, say, ventilation um, or or things of that nature, especially when you're outside. So rest breaks is really important to allow people the opportunity to, um, you know, take a break from what they're doing, cool off, ideally in a cool area, uh, and take some time to kind of let their body get accustomed to the heat. Um, we we do need to become a, what we call acclimatized to heat uh, and cold as well if it was cold out. Uh, but acclimatization uh, takes a little bit of time. And I know that's a little bit of a fancy term, but really what it just means is giving the body some time to get used to the temperature. Um, so we, we, we need to kind of give our body some time to appreciate how hot it is and, and again, manage our our work and our rest breaks to ensure that we don't get overwhelmed with the heat. Now, we've been talking about outside workers, but indoor workers face similar kinds of issues, if not worse in some cases. I'm thinking about people who work in like a pizzeria or a bakery or something like that. What are the the risks there? Well, there there are many indoor environments that could potentially be very hot. Um, In addition to, you know, environments where you're actually creating or you have a source of heat like your your laundries your 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 kitchens things of that nature we also have a quite a large uh, quantity of, of buildings here in the province that are 
were, were built at a time when ventilation systems were not necessarily uh, part of the building code. So there are a lot of uh, even office buildings uh, around the province that don't necessarily have ventilation or AC. And the stagnant air, you know, in these types of buildings, especially depending on um, the way the windows are set up and the amount of heat that's kind of coming in can, can actually be quite quite high as well. Uh, but yes, uh, there are certain types of indoor environments that would have more risks because they're dealing with hot water or hot surfaces. Um, and those those are really tricky sometimes to control um, because the, of high humidity and factors like that that um, make cooling a little bit more difficult. Um, when we sweat, it's it's really not uh, the sweat itself that cools us down. Um, when the sweat evaporates off our skin, that is what cools us. So if the air is already full of water, such as when the humidity is really high, um, there's nowhere for that sweat to evaporate to. The, the air is already kind of full of water. Um, so you can lose the ability to kind of help cool yourself down. So that's why we feel a lot more miserable when it is humid. Yes, absolutely. And that's why it's really important for employers not to just to check the temperature, but also the humidity. By kind of looking at um, temperature and humidity together, and we call that a, a wet bulb globe uh, temperature, <laughs> uh, it takes into consideration the feels like temperature, the temperature, you know, that your workers would experience. But yes, generally speaking, the more humid it is, the hotter it's going to feel. And part of that is because our, our sweat is not able to evaporate and our body is unable to kind of manage and deal with that extra heat stress. And of course, that can lead to different types of heat related illnesses like heat exhaustion and heat stroke, which is uh, actually a, a really a medical emergency if someone gets to the point where they're developing heat stroke um, that's that's a you know call call the ambulance uh, situation that can be a very serious and potentially life-threatening illness and Jane Eustace, of course, is the Manager of Prevention Services with Workplace NL, and we're going to get into some of those work, um, uh, heat-related illnesses that uh, people can suffer in extreme heat. But it seems to me, Claudette, we're talking more and more. I mean, we see it on our television screens every night. Uh, we're talking more and more about extreme heat and that sort of thing. And, I mean, really extraordinary here for Newfoundland and Labrador. I mean, I can't remember a time when it was you know, up in these kinds of temperatures, you know, getting into the, the 40 degree area with the humidex. Yeah, the heat warning constantly this week from Environment Canada. And uh, not only people, of course, I, I saw and I've heard, of course, the interviews through VOCM about the importance, too, of uh, keeping our pets cool to how often I, I mentioned earlier on that I have a, a dog who loves car rides um, and even in this heat will go but I have the air conditioning blasting on him and if I have to slip out of the vehicle then my husband will stay with the dog in the air conditioning so you know not everybody has that I guess luxury of having an air conditioned car uh, but I guess the, the rule of thumb is even if your kid, dogs love to be outside with you in your car then stay home if you don't have the air conditioning on for sure. Oh yeah yeah, and I mean, yeah. that, the same goes for anyone in a, in a car. Don't leave anyone, animal Not anyone. or human, human yeah. in, a, in a car for any length of time in this kind of heat. I couldn't believe the state of my bag yesterday. I, I, um, I went to a workout class after work, and I left my bag 
in my car and I came back to retrieve it around 5.30 and I in it reached in and everything was like hot. Hot. Everything. So you I didn't have a chocolate bar or anything. No, I've done that before <laughs> I've though. I've done that. Have you? Yes. Yeah. And uh, I still have hand sanitizer in the car and that just turns into that. like goop water. It's just amazing. Oh, you just uh, reminded me of something too because I have bottles of water and <laughs> I've left them in my car and you I don't think it's safe to drink, right? Because the plastic, it's emitting yeah. these chemicals from the sun that's into the yeah. into the water. So that's something else. Just not leave anything in the car, I guess, is the is the lesson here. And, uh, you know, years ago, everybody used to have leather seats. Can <laughs> 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 you imagine? And a pair of shorts. <laughs> yeah. No, don't have that problem. No, thank you very much. Not today. Well, we're, we're up to news time now, but when we come back, more information on extreme heat and staying safe in the workplace. This is News Talk on VOCN. Get lost in the music of legendary artists like Elton John, The Beatles, and more. Join Claudette Barnes every Sunday from 12 to 1 p.m. and relive fond memories through the power of music with Sunday Melodies on your VOCM. And we're back. And of course, we have been speaking with Jane Eustace, Manager of Prevention Services with Workplace NL about staying safe while working in higher temperatures. So how, how do you know then the difference between feeling really uncomfortable and hot and miserable and all that sort of thing and when it's becoming a little more serious? Well, generally speaking, uh, you know, working in the heat is uncomfortable. Um, when it progresses to something like heat exhaustion, um, you will notice that, you know, the skin starts to get kind of um, pale and clammy. Um, you know, you get sweating. Um, sometimes your pulse will get a little bit weak. You can feel a little bit lightheaded. Um, and some people also experience nausea and vomiting, which isn't necessarily a symptom we would associate with heat, but it's a really common one that, that people should look out for. When heat exhaustion kind of progresses to heat stroke, the skin really starts to get hot and dry. Sweating really starts to to slow down. And in fact, when someone's in heat stroke, typically their sweating has kind of stopped. Um, their skin temperature will get really high. Sometimes their pulse will get really high. Um, headache is not uncommon, especially that sort of throbbing um, type of headache. And again, nausea and vomiting can, can also be associated with it. So really the difference between exhaustion and heat stroke is whether or not you're still sweating. Um, if you're still sweating, it's exhaustion. But when you stop sweating, it's a sign that you're um, really at a level where you're experiencing heat stroke. And again, that is a potentially life-threatening illness. So it, it's uh, advisable to contact uh, you know, a physician or, or, or emergency services. So um, whether you're working indoors or outdoors, uh, what are some things to keep in mind to keep yourself cool and to prevent uh, heat-related illness? Well, it's very important to stay hydrated and not just when you're thirsty. Um, it's a good idea really to be hydrated before you go to work, 
during work and after work. Uh, it, it's important thing to maintain throughout the day. Now, everybody's a little bit different with how much water they need, but if you are developing symptoms of, of heat um, exposure like headache, vomiting, again, uh, clamminess, if you're sweating a lot, it, it's certainly a good idea to increase your water intake. Um, in addition to that, it is a really good idea to wear light, loose-fitting, light-colored clothing. Um, however, again, sometimes in our, our workplaces, that's not always practical. Um, there are lots of workplaces, for example, that wouldn't allow short sleeves or shorts because of other safety-related issues. If you're working out in the sun, you want to wear a hat and make sure you kind of keep the sun off of your your head and neck. Um, if you are working outside, it is good to have a designated cool area where people can go to cool down if they are experiencing symptoms. And they should also really be using a buddy system to keep an eye on each other. It's not a good idea really to have someone working in really high temperatures by themselves. Um, so for example, if I was a contractor and I had to maybe get up inside someone's roof, um, you know, inside their attic space to do some work, that's going to be an extremely hot type of area this time of the year. And uh, there's, again, potential there that someone could uh, succumb to the heat. So a buddy system is really important, you know, to make sure that um, you've got someone to kind of keep an eye and watch your back. And of course, if you're doing strenuous work, um, you know, you want to kind of try to do that at times of the day when it's less hot. So early in the morning or even in the evening. Um, and if you can't, uh, if you do not have a cool area uh, available to you, uh, the shade can sometimes also be a, a great option to just kind of decrease your temperature a little bit. Do you get many calls when the temperature starts to get up into the 30 degree range? Yes, we do. We get we do get a lot of calls in the summer about heat. Um, historically, heat has not really been a big issue for Newfoundland and Labrador, but in recent years with climate change, we are we are seeing that these types of calls are coming in more and more. Um, often, the types of questions we get are, you know, what's the employer's role? Um, are there safe working limits for the for working in the heat? Uh, I get a lot of calls specifically relating to office environments and what is an acceptable temperature and humidity range for for them. And then sometimes I also get questions about ventilation systems. You know, is it required? Is AC required? Um, if we don't have ventilation or AC, what other things can we do? Um, and, uh, you know, occasionally um, the use of portable fans becomes a um, an option for some people that they, they would like to explore. And with our, our, our the use of portable fans, it's important just to make sure that the fans have the appropriate approvals for Canada. The um, certification bodies have to be uh, appropriate for Canada. So there's quite a lot of different questions that we get. Um, but again, typically it, it, it begins with what's my employer's role and, and really what are the limits that they would have to, to abide by. And Newfoundland and Labrador, like many of the other provinces in Canada, does not have a maximum work, safe working limit for temperature. Um, again, we, we, uh, our, our legislation uh, would encourage workers, or sorry, employers to uh, implement an appropriate work rest schedule for the physical strenuous 
kind of element of the activity, how, how physically demanding it is, and again, taking into consideration clothing that the workers would be wearing. Um, now, with office environments, there is a recommended comfort range, uh, which is a very uh, useful uh, tool uh, to keep um, complaints about um, symptoms of heat stress down. Um, the comfort ranges are not necessarily legislated, so they're not necessarily enforceable, but they're designed to ensure that 80% of occupants in an, an office environment are comfortable and, again, reduce symptomatic complaints. Uh, so for summertime, that's, uh, the recommended comfort range is 23 to 26 degrees Celsius and a relative humidity of 50%. Um, and you would want to measure that using, again, a wet bulb globe thermometer, which is uh, uh, the type of thermometer, basically, that would give you that feels-like temperature. And again, not everybody, certainly not everybody is going to be comfortable in that comfort range, but it's designed so that 80% of people would be would be comfortable. And that's typically what a lot of these comfort ranges are, are based upon is a sort of an 80-20 rule. Funny to think that only a month ago we were talking about how cold it was and now we're in this uh, type of scenario. Jane Eustace, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Oh, no problem. Happy to... Uh... Uh, share some information with your uh, clients here today. <laughs> Jane Eustace is manager of prevention services with Workplace NL. And Claudette, uh, you might not be thinking about having to, you know, take a trip down south on the beach <laughs> right around now. No. Um, you guys just to head down, you know. But to, soon. But soon, uh -huh. soon enough. Yeah. And uh, Sunwing is resuming service from St. John's International. So we'll uh, get an update uh, from the airport on that when we come back right after the break. This is News Talk on VOCN. Join Greg Smith weeknights at 545 as he chats with local musicians about life, inspiration shows, and new music. Tune into Soundcheck, your backstage pass to the local music scene on your VOCM. And we're back. Well, you might not be thinking about travel down south right now, but chances are if you have the means, you'll be looking for a sunny getaway when the weather turns again. The good news, of course, is that Sunwing is resuming service from St. John's International next spring. Lisa Bragg is the Director of Business Development and Marketing with St. John's International, and she joins me now. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Linda. So I see via Twitter that uh, St. John's is getting its Sunwing uh, service back. Tell us a little bit about it. Yes, uh, it's funny to start thinking about sun destinations when it's so sunny here in our beautiful summer. But um, indeed, YYT um, will welcome back Sun Wing service for winter 2024. And it will start and run from March to April for about eight weeks to five different destinations in the Caribbean. I know there were a lot of worries about that because there was some uncertainty about whether or not we'd see Sun Wing again. Uh, this must be a great relief. Absolutely. I mean, anything um, returning or additive in terms of air service with uh, with our airport is a welcome a welcome news. Are you getting a sense from uh, customers that uh, this is being welcomed? 
You know, I, I think that uh, I can speak as a Newfoundlander and Labradorian that as much as we love it here, we also love our options to vacation and travel. And the winter is definitely a very popular time for, um, you know, our province to kind of go south. So we were already hearing that from repeat passengers and, and folks used to that service that they're thrilled to see it back again. And um, it's it'll be to five destinations, as I said, and will run mar- um, for March and April. So what does having a destination service like uh, the one that uh, Sunwing provides mean for St. John's International? Um it means that, you know, we're, we're definitely remain on our recovery path with air service and all pieces of the air service puzzle are important, whether it's sun destination, service within Canada or beyond. So, you know, we, we don't play favorites when it comes to um, good news on air service. So what else is happening uh, at St. John's International in terms of uh, uh, flights and service and traffic? Uh, Because we know it's been a tough time and it's continuing to be a bit of a, I guess, a learning curve when we uh, do this uh, COVID recovery process, go through this COVID recovery process. So uh, how are things now? So one way to think about air service recovery is that it's not apples to apples when we talk about pre-pandemic and post. Um, so we're definitely seeing a wonderful uh, resurgence of air service and seat capacity with amongst our airline partners throughout the summer in particular. Obviously, this is uh, a peak and really important um, couple of months uh, and season for YYT. Um, but I think it's, you know, all airports and, and the entire aviation industry is looking at things a little differently. Certain things recover before others. You know, it's it's no secret that Canadian um, air service is recovering before international. But, you know, our sun service is, is, you know, has an international designation. It's important to our airport. So things are coming back and they're being timed with the resources that airlines have. And the restrictions with airlines remain to be around the availability and quantity of aircraft and the crews and uh, pilots to fly them. Some of the delays that we've seen in some of these larger centers like Pearson, has that been having an impact on St. John's? Well, it's an entire ecosystem. We aren't seeing, um, you know, constant issues that are trickling down to our airport. But certainly, you know, when one part of the aviation ecosystem is upset, um, it's rippled throughout the entire country. So it would be silly for me to say that we're immune to any of those issues. But our best advice is for passengers to have patience and to check ahead and, uh, you know, just to kind of look forward to the vacation and uh, know that it might feel a little different, but um, that it's coming back. So Sunwing is coming back. Do we have any details on when or when people can start booking their flights? Absolutely. They can book um, whenever they're ready. And the service runs from uh, March and April to five destinations down south, which include Cancun, Cayococo, Montego Bay, Punta Cana, and Veradero. Fabulous. I'll see you down there on the beach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though it's hot here, we'd still welcome that. Well, we're not all thinking about our so, uh, so, uh, flights down south right now, but uh, I guarantee in a couple of months we will be. A hundred percent. Lisa Bragg, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Anytime. Thanks, Linda. 
And Lisa Bragg is the Director of Business Development and Marketing with St. John's International. And still with the uh, summertime theme, the Baseball NL Provincial Championship season continues this weekend with the 2023 Molson Coors Junior A Provincial Championships in Corner Brook. Executive Director of Baseball NL, Ryan Garland, joins me now. Hi, Ryan. Hey, Linda. How you doing? Good. Uh, hot enough for you? I'd rather have this than rain, although it is getting pretty hot, I won't lie, but it's nicer <laughs> than, than rain, so can't complain, I guess. Absolutely. Now, I don't know what the forecast, I haven't looked at it recently, is going to be like for uh, Corner Brook this weekend, but you got some big things happening. What's going on? We do. We've got our, our annual uh, June Provincial Championships uh, heading to the West Coast this year, our, our 22U Provincials. Looking forward to uh, getting the event going. So what's on tap there? So we've got a our, we've got a three team tournament. It's uh, the defending champ, St. John's Capitals. They're heading to the West Coast uh, to meet the host Cornerbrook Barons, as well as the Mount Pearl Blazers for a weekend of of hopefully good weather and uh, some good baseball. So this is coming off the heels of a what I'm told has been a hugely successful Mike Buse classic. Um, this is you know they talk about the boys of summer and that this is really exciting stuff. It is no. The Mike Buse is uh, the, one of the biggest provincial, uh, sorry, invitational tournaments of the year, and uh, big success last weekend or this this past weekend, uh, this coming weekend. In addition to the the junior provincials in Cornerbrook, we uh, we also have the Jerry Murphy Invitational Tournament, which is being hosted uh, in Paradise. Some teams traveling from across the province for that. And a couple of weeks ago, we had the uh, Mary Tavner Tournament in Cornerbrook, which is uh, another long-standing invitational tournament that. Uh, is always well attended and, and very popular amongst our, our players. So it's been a very, very good start to the year, uh, I must say. So, yeah, very busy. What goes into, you know, um, organizing all of these uh, tournaments? It's a lot of it's a lot of planning, a lot of prep, a lot of admin work for a very, very small, dedicated group of volunteers. There's not a lot of paid baseball positions in the province. Thankfully, I have one of a few of them. And, uh the amount, the amount of hours that the volunteers put in to make these tournaments work is is something that I think people forget about sometimes. So without those volunteer hours, it's it's very tough to put off those types of events. I mean, we have this past weekend with the Mike Buse was a 52-team tournament. Uh, the Mary Tavner in, in early July was 40-plus teams. Uh, the Jerry Murphy this coming weekend is similar numbers again. It's just very, very big and can be daunting if, if you don't have the right volunteer base to help you pull them off. So what does that level of participation say to you? I think for us as, a, as the PSO for Baseball Newfoundland, it shows that uh, our numbers are growing, which is always good. Our, our sport is very popular. And um, I think it's, it's one, of those, one of those sports in the province that maybe, I don't want to say gets forgotten about sometimes, but... I, I think it would be fair to say that there are big sports in the province, but I think we're starting to show now that baseball is becoming a little bigger than people maybe realized, and the, the turnouts of these types of events certainly speak to that as well. What do you suppose is behind the, the, the growing popularity? It's hard to know, I guess, really. I mean, I think you could probably attribute some of it to, to Blue Jays and the success and the popularity that they've kind of garnered the last few years. But I do think more importantly than that, I think people jump at that very quickly and easily. I do think 
that more importantly for us as a sport, it's about the dedicated base of volunteers we have to make sure that our programming is put off as efficiently and as uh, as well as possible for the kids involved. The, the Jays the Jays can play good or bad any given year. We've seen some pretty bad years in <laughs> not recent history, but certainly in history of the Jays. We're not a, a good team, and our numbers are still fairly strong, and I think that speaks to the, the group of people that we have involved in our sport and sports in the province in general, and they're wanting to make sure that it's as good for the kids as possible. So we're talking largely kids here now, but uh, does the popularity of baseball, is it maintained among older adults as well? Yeah, uh, we've got some we've got some strong numbers coming up now through our our minor system, which is eighteen and under, and those numbers are starting to translate now to our our nineteen plus, and we've got some very strong very strong leagues in St. John's and Corner Brook that that do offer uh, programming, I guess I'll say for those age brackets, and we've got some players who are still playing well into their fifties, and we've even got a player here in St. John's, Peter Cornick, who should be a very popular name amongst baseball. Uh, baseball people will say in the province who's playing and he's he's near seven years of age so if, if you're able to play you certainly have a spot to play and it's, it's nice to see now you spoke about the blue jays do we have anything uh, you know any kind of programs for sport development to to get some of those uh, kids with the you know the dreams of stardom in their in their hearts uh, you know moving further along yeah, no, we do. So actually, the Jays are are the national partner for uh, the, the Baseball Canada Rally Cap program. So we offer that program in some of our associations here in the province, and it's a it's a skill based program. It's really the entry level grassroots programming for anyone who's looking to play baseball from the ages of usually five. There are some exceptions for some four year olds, but usually five till seven. And it's very skill based. It's very instruction oriented. It's more so about teaching that baseball can be fun rather than having it to be about wins and losses and, and stuff early on. And we find that our numbers in that are very, very strong given our, our population and our numbers at that age bracket. And it keeps the kids retained so they're not bored standing around, um, not having fun and things like that. Because at that age, it's really about fun and the sport is really secondary. Well, Ryan, best of luck to all the uh, participants in the uh, Molson Coors Junior A Provincials this weekend in Cornerbrook uh, Jubilee Field. Where can people find the schedule? Schedules uh, posted on our social media channels, which uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and it'll also be on our website as well. Ryan Garland, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, Linda, very much. Appreciate it. So uh, another busy weekend of baseball coming this time in Corner Brook on the weekend for the um, 2023 Molson Coors Junior A Provincial Championships and uh, lots more baseball to come. Um, So... Claudette, I understand you got some vacation time coming up. I do. Um, as of 5.30 on Friday. Ah. <laughs> well, not really. Um, I've got to do a little bit of work on the weekend. But uh, after that, then off for a couple of weeks. So Excellent. Well, enjoy every minute of it. I, I find, you know what I, I do, though? I tend to waste the first week of a vacation. Don't we all? Like, and you're checking your phone, and you're still kind of half in work yeah, mode. And, and I yeah. find by the time you're ready to relax, and you're back at work. You're like, oh, I 
totally squandered that. Yeah, so my plan is maybe the next couple of days to do some housework around so I don't kind of ruin my vacation by just being, you know, attached to the house so much, you know. Because there's, you want to be able to relax and do fun things, not just try to keep up on your house. No, <laughs> indeed. Although, you know, you know, you might need a week or so. I don't know about your house. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Like I'm, we're Clutter City, so I, I'm going to be spending a lot of time purging. And I get satisfaction after it's done, right? Then Absolutely. I, then you go around, you open up your rooms when it's clean. Like you, you do the check yeah. after. And like, oh, yeah, that makes it's, me feel so much more relaxed. It's really good here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm the type, too, that if I go on vacation or anything, I need everything done. Before you go. Because you don't want to come back to, like, dirty dishes exactly, or, or clothes or everywhere. Clothes in the hamper yeah. or anything like that. You want it all just done. You just want to walk in, it's back in the house. It's a lot of prep work to yeah. have fun. It, it really <laughs> is. And that doesn't, uh, that doesn't even take into account people who like to go camping right because that's How a whole they do other it? bit of work well yeah because i mean they have to have all of their meals prepped and everything that goes along with it in order to i, I guess you have to foresee the stuff that could go wrong anticipate if it rains all of those needs yes anticipate everybody. the needs yeah yeah it's like uh when i used to uh we used to go on the road with um my son when he was small you know you'd all right now how many diapers are we going to need <laughs> how much formula have do we have to bring with us blah, 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 blah. how many changes of clothes uh, yeah what if what if it's cold oh my gosh I've got his you know oh that's a lot of work and you know otherwise you end up going you know up to Dollarama or Shoppers Drug Run or whatever the case may be spend another two hundred dollars on stuff you forgot to pack yep I am famous by the way for packing for everybody right and then like forgetting all my underwear oh forgetting your own stuff yeah oh famous famous you have to do the whole you know what they say (laughs) about the airline you have to use your own oxygen mask first before you put on everybody else <laughs> exactly well mama needs clean underwear enjoy your vacation claudette <laughs> Thank you. um i'm taking some time off as well right. a little bit of time that's owed mm-hmm. to me so uh brian callahan will be in tomorrow and he'll be taking over for the next couple of weeks as well and we'll see you in a couple of weeks time looking forward to it looking forward to it indeed have a great uh, day everyone stay safe out there if you get too overheated Get in and the cool out of it, won't ya? <laughs> and uh, um, thanks to Brian Callahan once again for uh, stepping in. Uh, have a great evening.